welcome back to the joint podcast at the Scattered Abroad Network. We're glad that you're here. Today we're talking about a very important topic, but before we do that, we want to introduce our hosts for this episode. To my right, we have one of the co-directors, Caleb Rutherford. He's also the host of the Transform podcast. We have to his right, Matt McBrayer, one of the hosts of Father Time. And then to my immediate left, we have Cantrell. Uh, I just can't call you Josh. It's just weird. So Josh Cantrell is, is his normal name, but I'll be saying Cantrell for the episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a normal name. Um, he's the host of the Diligent Podcast, and I am the host of the Far Better Podcast uh, from Philippians 123. Today we're talking about racism, and this is one of those topics that is incredibly volatile. It's not a topic that any of us really enjoys having to discuss. And every year we hope and pray that we get to a point where it's a little bit easier, but something that I noticed that I just thought was kind of a, a somewhat lighthearted way for us to think about this is, I don't know if any of y'all play Madden, but in Madden they decided to put on the end zones a few years back, end racism. And every time you play that franchise mode, you can go 30 years into the future. Well, for 30 years, it says the same thing. So is one of those things that was important messaging, but at the same time, it just didn't really hit the way I think they intended because it's been 30 years and by the stance of Madden, there's been no change. And so when we talk about racism, we're actually seeking for change to be something that happens. So as we introduce the program today, it's important to ask the question, what is racism really? We know what we're told, but what is racism when we study it from history, when we study it culturally, and when we study it academically? What would we find racism to actually really be? Well, according to Oxford Languages Dictionary, it's prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism by an individual, community, or institution against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. So I guess when we're talking technically about it, it would be for someone to treat someone in a manner that is unkind or in an inhuman way simply because of their skin color or their ethnical background. Um, and obviously we understand that to be wrong. And I think the, you know, the majority of, of decent human beings would also agree that that is wrong. Um, and I think it, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this, you know, going back towards um, or going into this episode. But obviously, you know, when we look at individuals, I guess there's a couple ways to look, a couple way of a couple ways for us to look at this. Number one, you look at it past the skin color, in that you look at their soul, right? In that they have a soul that was created by God that Jesus died for. Uh, but then I think in doing that, you also have to look at their skin. In that, you understand that where people have come from, the things that they have had to endure and the difficulties that they may still face. Um, and I think it would be very unwise and us to be ignorant if we tried to get away from looking at the facts of, of certain things. So I think there's a, definitely a lot of things to think about, um, especially as we talk about this today. Yeah, I think this ends up being a really touchy topic in America right now. I, I If I were to say that racism doesn't exist, that would be pretty foolish. There, yeah. There's, But uh, the media really wants to hone in on this. Um, I've seen some of it in the church, um, but, um, man, it's just terrible when you see that because it shouldn't be there at all. Um, but, you know, racism, just going back to that definition, is, is prejudiced 
you know, based on, you know, uh, a person's skin color is what we really deal with here. But, like, in other countries, you had things like the different sizes of noses and shapes of noses where people have said, oh, these people, they're they're not, we don't like this about them. Um, uh, you know, coming from different areas of the country, you could probably say that there's uh, groups of people that uh, have uh, prejudiced feelings towards other groups of people and not just your traditional um, you know, way of looking at this. I mean, we, we oftentimes think of, you know, the African-American, you know, population kind of thing here. But there are certain uh, areas of the country uh, where Hispanics are, are really um, treated poorly. Um, and, you know, there are places where uh, this has been going on for a long time. Um, and I won't get into some of this because it, it comes up later. But uh, this idea of, of uh, racism and I guess maybe to answer this, you know, we're all the human race. I know everybody's going to say that, but this is a term that is uh, dedicated, you know, in recent years to this idea of of um, the color of skin. And, you know, it's just a sad thing. It's sad that we have to even talk about it uh, because, you know, we're talking about uh, melanin in a person's skin, really. I mean, really, that's all it is. And it's right. not... I mean, that doesn't determine anything. It doesn't determine a, a person's uh, uh, brain uh, function at all. You know, and that's what they used to think. I mean, it's just crazy. Anyway. Yeah, for me, um, man, a lot of different thoughts. One comes to mind, First Samuel, uh, where the Bible there says, teaches us how man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. Right. Like sometimes we put so much emphasis in the way a person looks. I mean, all of us are not the same by any means as far as color of our skin, but we're good friends, we're all best friends. You know, and, 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 and it's rather unfortunate that sometimes we key in so much on racism, we forget the fact that we're all made in the image of God anyway. Right. Genesis 126. Right. And so, you know, whether you're black, white, whatever color you are, when you cut a person, it's still red blood. Yeah. You know, really doesn't matter. And, um, and man, it just sucks. You know, sometimes when you see people treat people bad because of the color of their skin. You know, I've been in a situation, sadly, where I've been looked at differently just because I'm black. And man, that sucks. You know, sometimes even um, even in the body and outside the body. But once people get to know you, they see you're really a, you know, your your skin color doesn't define who you are. Where you're from doesn't define who you are. And, uh, and as we just talk about this much needed, again, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad and unfortunate we even haven't talked about it today. But it's one of those things, you know, it's in front of us. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we bring it to the forefront, the more people have an understanding that it is a problem, but we also can fix it as well. So Yeah. And when we think about the idea of racism itself, it is unfortunate. It does. It, it stinks quite a bit that we would look at this and have to wonder why does someone look at someone else as less than? Um, you know, when, when God created the world, I think one of the best examples, I've often told Cantrell this, um, Jesus was not a hulked out white man, as sometimes we often see and look at him as and, and see all of these, the things that he's been painted to look like. Jesus was very much a man of color, looked like a man that was not you know, essentially the way that we would have pictured him growing up because of the way he was painted. And even in some of the, the media that we see, you can go back through online and throughout the history of the world and, and see some paintings and some things that are 
incredibly horrific to have illustrated for your mind. And when we think about how deep the sin of racism is in the, in the history of this world, I think back all the way to Genesis 43, uh, something that had never hit me before. Yeah, but we in, talked about that. Yeah, in Genesis 43, 27, it starts with, you know, Joseph saying, hey, is, is your father, really his father too, is your father well? Is he, is he still alive? And he says, yes, he's in good health. He's still alive. They bowed their heads and, and they go and lift his eyes up, saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son. And he said, hey, is, is this your younger brother? of whom you spoke to me, and he said, God be gracious to you, my son. And as he goes, his heart yearns for his brother. He makes haste. He sought somewhere to weep, and he goes into his chamber, and he wept there, and he washes his face. He comes out, and he says, all right, let's serve the bread. And so watch verse 32. They set him a place by himself and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Now, when you stop and think about that, we have a word for that today, and it's called racism. It's prejudice. It's saying, Hebrews, it's an abomination for me to eat with you. And I think even into the New Testament where Peter was treating one group of people when no one else was around one way, and then when the people he needed to impress came around, he treated them differently. That's also the idea of, of prejudice. But I'd, I'd never noticed it before until I read Genesis 43 that here is Joseph, the superior for a lot of these individuals, and yet because they know who he is and they know that he's a Hebrew, even though his brothers don't know, here is Joseph completely separated in, in a room by himself while his family is eating, you know, however many feet away. And it's all because, he can't even be with the Egyptians because of his nationality because of what he was born as. That is well before the history of our country. It is well before the history of even Jesus's day. And it still shows me that racism was a sin long before America was invented. It's not some new thing like our country tries to sometimes promote. Well, we are the most racist country that has ever been in existence. Racism is racism is racism. It doesn't, it's not scaled from one to 10. If it's done, it's sinful. That's the only way to really describe it. And so when we think about the history of the world, what are some of the thoughts that come to y'all's minds about how deep the sin of racism really goes? So my mind goes back to the book of Jonah. Um, and I think about Jonah in, you know, Jonah, I preached this sermon as uh, Jonah, who, a man on the run. Chapter one, he runs from God in that God approached him, told him he, that he needed to go and preach to the city of Nineveh. He didn't, he ran away. Chapter two, he runs to God. Chapter three, he runs with God. Chapter four, he ends up running against God. Um, and it's interesting, though, when you think about in Jonah chapter 3, there at the end, um, there towards the middle of the chapter, um, he preaches an eight-word sermon, right? He says, yeah, 40 days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. When you think about the audience to whom Jonah was writing, um, Nineveh was the capital at that time of Assyria. And who, well, who was Assyria? Assyria was one of the most horrific enemies that Israel had at the time. Um, if you do research on them, it talks about the horrific ways that they tortured and killed people. Um, and certainly, when I think about Jonah, you know, I put myself in his shoes. Would that have been difficult for me to go and to teach and to preach them? Yeah, probably it would have. 
it probably would have been really, really difficult for me to do that. But it didn't matter because they still needed the mercy and the grace of God, just like Jonah himself needed. And he was supposed to go and preach that message. And it's funny, though, because when you think about Jonah going and preaching that message, a message that he didn't want to preach, but it was a message that he himself needed two chapters before when he ran away from God and sinned against God in disobeying his commands. So he needed, he, he had put himself in the exact same state as the people that he was supposed to go and preach. And when you get to chapter four, you know, you read about him and the way that he reacts. When you think about these people, a whole city comes forward and repents, right? We think about this in our terms. If you and I were to preach um, a sermon and the, maybe the whole congregation comes forward, you know, and you run out of, you went out of room on the front pew, like that's something that, that would be hard to fathom, right? Because I don't think that's ever happened. Um, but when you look at what happens here with Jonah in Jonah chapter four and verse two, the Bible says, so he prayed to the Lord and said, our oh, Lord was not this what I said when I was still in my country. Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and a abundant and loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. He was probably the most successful and yet unhappy preacher that has ever existed on the face of the planet. Um, why was it that he reacted this way? It was because there was prejudice in his heart. It was because he had the wrong kind of attitude and the wrong kind of view towards these people. Now, I'm not saying that it would have, it should have been very easy for him because I can't imagine the, the, you know, the, the, the hurdles there in that particular moment. Um, but certainly he, he needed to understand the message that, uh, of repentance that he needed to preach was open for them just as it was for you and for me. And so I think as we look at a topic like racism, understanding that when, when we have an understanding of every single person in the world needs uh, has the same opportunity to hear the gospel and needs to hear it, and thus we have a responsibility, Matthew chapter 28, Mark 16, to take that gospel to them, I think it makes it very difficult for us to be prejudiced towards the people who are around us because they need the gospel just as much as we needed it. And to be fair, too, like you pointed out, I mean, it's not like Jonah had not had any dealings with these Ninevites, you know, and these individuals who were horrible people. I mean, it, it would essentially be, as far as I've heard in some place, cases today, like us being asked to go and preach to ISIS, you know, and that being a huge issue for a lot of us to go, wait a minute, just by walking in there, they may want to string me up and kill me. But what Jonah's issue was is the same issue just even further than what Moses dealt with. Moses said, Lord, they won't listen to me. Well, Jonah said, Lord, I don't want them to listen to me. I don't want them to be able to hear me. And it, it really proves to me Jonah was a prejudiced prophet, you're right, and he definitely did not want Nineveh to be saved because he sits up at the city at the end and hopes that they get destroyed. And that tells you just how far deep it goes. Uh, Matt, what do you got on this, how deep it goes in our country and, or in, in the history of the world? Well, I, you know, thinking back to some of the things that we've mentioned in the Bible, but uh, I think specifically, think about the Sumerians. You know, think about going to um, uh, the Samaritan people uh, this is, you know, these are kind of half-breeds to the Jews. You know, they're not really fully Jew. And they, you know, you got to think that these people kind of are going to be looking similar. It's just that these are intermingled people. And so uh, racism, even at this point in time, is not necessarily uh, about color of skin, but about a certain background. And uh, we can see uh, some prejudice uh, along those lines. I mean... Uh, growing up, just because I think it was funny to some people, you know, they they made fun of the French, you know, just yeah. said, you know, here's, you know, look at the French, and well, 
you know, if you go back to history of America, the French helped us out, okay? You know, so we do owe them some respect. Um, but, um, yeah, you look back at this history of, of racism, it is, um, this, this subject is kind of, you know, uh, near to me because um, I used to, one of my first uh, full-time work was in Selma, Alabama. And I had, like, I grew up in Chattanooga, so I'm around people, you know, like, I didn't, we didn't have any real problems that I knew of. But when I went to Selma, it was like culture shock. Um, and um, actually, um, I think I'm at least the only person I know that uh, I crossed over on the wrong side of the river. You know, when you go outside of Selma, there's a place called Selmont. And um, I'm the only uh, white person I know that's been kicked out of a gas station uh, for being white. So it's it's kind of a weird thing. Wow. And um, but like it was just so weird because there was some of the old timers in Selma. Oh, man, they were they were real bad. And then some of the um, younger people, they just didn't get it. They were like, what's going on here? Why are these older people? And it was just such a weird little kind of conglomerate of, of people like just in different views um, but yeah it was a problem it was a problem in Selma and uh, throughout uh, throughout history you know people have looked at um, uh, different types of of, uh, of you know races of people I guess if you will uh, and and have looked at them in a certain light and said you know hey let's see let's see who's better matter of fact uh, um, I, I wish I'd pulled this up thinking about it, but uh, they actually took the skulls. You know, y'all have heard of this, right? They took skulls of of uh, different types of people. You know, Asians and white people and black people and all these different. They uh, they said I guess Mongols I think was the Asian thing. But anyway, they had all these different um, different skulls, and they took shot from like shotgun shot, and they put it in the skulls to fill them up. And then they took them out and counted them to see which race was smarter. Oh, wow. Which one had bigger <laughs> brains. Wow. And it's just, it's just crazy because you and I know that it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. That doesn't really do anything to your brain. Yeah. It doesn't do it. And so this has been for a long time. I mean, even uh, uh, Darwin. Darwin was yeah. a racist. I yeah. mean, if you've ever found, I, I think they're trying to hide this because I tried looking this up not too long ago. But, you know, in the evolution of the species, you know, there's this picture of uh, all these monkeys in a tree. Have you seen this? And then, like, one, like, near the bottom of the tree is a black person. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure. I, I think that's where that racial slur comes from, is wow. from that. But um, I'm not sure about that. But but Darwin, evidently, he was racist. You know, he thought little of the, of uh, people in his day that were different color skin than him. This is an ongoing problem, and this will be an ongoing problem unless we step up and try to take care of things. Yeah, yeah, Can't true. <clears throat> Man, so many thoughts. Great thoughts from you guys. I know, for me, talking to older generations, especially when it comes to black and white racism, a lot of people. Is, is, is easy to say older generations need to get over it. Because for, for a lot of them, they grew up during the 
civil rights movement. They lived and they saw their grandparents marching in streets and, you know, they were right there with them. And so for a lot of them, it's difficult to let that go knowing how bad their loved one was treated as they were coming up. Right. But we often use the expression, when you know better, you ought to do better. And the same reason I believe we keep repeating the cycle is because we're mad about something that happened 50 or 60 years ago, and we're living in an entirely different world. Right. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be <clears throat> foolish for me to blame a person of a different race for something that happened to my grandparents 50 right. or 60 years ago. Right. Yeah. Because like, they weren't alive then. Absolutely. You weren't alive then. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. Right. And, and, and for me, when I think about Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2, of course, mm -hmm. we know the Jews and the Gentiles argument there. But in Romans chapter 3, Paul makes the, the case there. Y'all both got the same problem. Right. And y'all both need Jesus. Right. And so. <laughs> Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, yeah. no, not one. I mean, whether you're black, white, orange, or brown, brown at, at, at the same point, you all are going to need to be covered by the blood of Jesus. And then right. in Acts chapter 10, when, of course, oh. Peter is having that dream. And <laughs> that's where I was going. Sorry. I just say that's chapter 10, Peter there. So all that stuff. But back to the point there is I don't want to just say people need to kind of grow up and move on because I get it. You know, I'm, I'm black. I get it. But at the same time, it's like we can't keep blaming white people or other people of a different race for something that never happened to us right like yeah. how foolish would it be for me to blame you like like make that make sense right you yeah. know eventually we have to get to a place where we're now able to move on during the whole COVID era when of course all the different problems were going on in the country uh i'm sure i've shared it with you guys before a lot of people were asking me how i felt about it and what i said and so I got up Sunday and I just talked about the gospel. I mean, what else <laughs> am I going to say? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, what are y'all really looking for? Yeah. And I made the point of the sermon and a lot of people got upset. A lot of us want to make Christianity a subtitle to our blackness. Mm. I'm a black person first, then I'm a Christian after mm. that. Well, that's that's foolish. Right. The Bible yeah. teaches us that we're Christians first and everything else after right. that. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think it's important. When you, you know, obviously in this life, we have, we are called to try to be like God. You know, we've talked about, and Josh and I have talked about, you, you know, we love the word holy, right? Because it describes God's character, and it's hard to really fathom what that is. But um, in Acts chapter 10, like you mentioned in verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no what? Partiality. What does that mean? God does not look at someone and think that they are better or that they are less than someone else. But you go on in, in the book of Acts, and you get to Acts chapter 13. When you look at verse 44, the Bible says on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God, Jew and Gentile. And in verse 45, the Bible says, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, what happened? They were filled with envy, contradicting, blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. And so isn't it sad that when you allow prejudice to fill your own heart and mind, it blinds yourself to the truth. Because what did they do to the message that Paul was speaking? They began to oppose him. They began to say, no, don't speak, don't talk to us. And so it just shows that prejudice affects more than just the people that you show it to. But man, it blinds your own soul, blinds your own heart to what you need to do as well. It, uh, I rem I'm reminded of Remember the Titans and that movie, mm. probably a formative movie for a lot of us on the younger side. Yeah. Matt's a teenager older than most of us here on the network, so, you know, uh, 13 years at least. But uh, there's a part in that movie after Gary Bertier got paralyzed right. and Julius tries to come and see him. This nurse comes in in a very volatile time, and she's yeah. like, get out of here. Only blood's yeah. allowed in here. 
and he says, are you blind? That's mm-hmm. my brother. That's right. Yep. And that that statement still to this day gives me like the little gooseies, uh-huh. you know, yeah. because it, it, it showed me as a, as a young boy growing up in a world that was trying to keep a divide going. That's my brother. And mm-hmm. I, I look at Cantrell and I just see my brother. I don't see anything else. I mean, he and I will talk to each other. We'll call each other and talk about different things going on. And I'll ask him, I'll say, what about this verse for this subject on racism? And what about that? Like he said earlier, I called him up after I read that in Genesis 43. And I said, man, have you ever heard this? Because it, it blew my mind. And we mm-hmm. just, I love the perspective, but it doesn't define him. Right. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define you. It, it, it's not supposed to define us. There's some things to remember because we've talked about how it hurt, you know, what's it, what it's done to our current society. How do we keep it from destroying our local church? Here are three passages that come to my mind, and then I want to throw it to y'all. And you can talk about the current society if you didn't get to cover that. But Acts 17, 26, you know, he's made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the all the face of the earth, having determined uh, allotted periods of the boundaries of their dwelling place, one blood. One blood. There's, there's nothing else. In Deuteronomy 10, 19, the Bible says... Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. How do we keep racism from destroying the local church? Here's two things, and and I'm, I'm qualified to talk about one of them because I actually lived through it. We need to stop separating our worship services. Mm. We've got to come together. And in Somerville, Tennessee, there was a congregation that was an all-black congregation, and we were the all-white congregation. Unfortunately, their building burned down. But really, it ended up being one of the most fortunate things because no one lost their lives, no one hurt, and we actually came together and became one centralized group of the body of Christ, which is exactly what God wanted. Paul didn't write to the black church at Corinth or the white church. He just wrote to the church. Mm. He didn't address it with their your nationality or their skin color. He just said, here is what you need to know, and this is what Jesus wants you. And Jesus didn't say on the cross, this is just for the white people. It's for everybody. And it boils my blood when we talk about having it. No, we can't come together. Put away your pride on both sides of the aisle and do what Jesus wants because we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be surprised because the gates will be closed for us. We won't actually get to go and see it because if that racism continues, we won't get to make it. We, we won't. The gate is shut. If we want to be together, we need to start living like it. We need to start acting. That's my brother, Alice, and that's how we need to act. Jesus said, you're my children. Act like it. Love each other. And that's how we're all supposed to be. So that's, that's my view and take. We've got to stop being separated. We need to start being united, and we need to see the soul that they are and that every one of us are. Just see your brother or your sister. I think we've got to swallow pride. We've got to swallow egos. We've got to swallow any kind of attitude that would help foster an environment of prejudice or any kind of separation, Michael, like you were talking about. Um, And if we would just simply remember to try to take on the mindset that God had in that when he created this world, he understood that his creation was going to sin, but they were going to need a sacrifice. 
And in John chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says that God so loved you, the world, that he gave his only begotten son. First Timothy 2, 4, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Uh, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not sought concerning his promise, but is longsuffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so just remembering that Jesus Christ, and this would, this would help us in every aspect of our lives, if we would just simply remember that just as much as Christ died for us, he has died for every single person in this world. When you think about it from that perspective, there is no prejudice. There's no room for any kind of prejudice whatsoever. Absolutely. So funny thing is that whenever I was uh, living in Selma, um, there was a, uh, my father-in-law actually uh, worked in Selma about 20 years prior to that. And uh, there was a, there was a, quote unquote black congregation in Selma and the congregation where I was it was you know we were supposed to be mixed but we had I think I don't know we had maybe a few black people there uh, but there was one congregation that was the white congregation and and so my father-in-law said that some um, uh, people were coming in and they were black and and then um, he was like oh yeah hey come on you know they're visitors and um, he went in to do something, and he came back, and one of the elders um, had sent them away to the black congregation. Now, fast forward 20 years, I had a similar instance with that same congregation where there was a street preacher that was black and was preaching on the corner right there, and he hid around the corner and called 911 on the guy because he just didn't want that guy there. Um, but I'll tell you what, in, in this, I've always remembered this, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that I get to bring this up. But in Galatians chapter 3, I remember going and preaching for that congregation in Selma one time. And I uh, uh, um, remember going to Galatians chapter 3, looking at verse 26 through uh, 29, but specifically look at verse 28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ. You know, it, and it starts off by, by saying, look, you, you've been baptized in Christ. You've put on Christ. This is, we're all supposed to be one body. There's not many bodies here of Christ. There's just one body, Ephesians 1. You know, we've got one body here, and so because of that, and the body is the church, so that's Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 4 and verse 4. But listen, uh, we're all one in Christ Jesus. It shouldn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what our skin color is. It doesn't matter if we're male or female. We are all valuable to Christ. Great stuff, man. I know what Michael said. For me, um, with the mixed congregations, they work. I think sometimes people think they don't work. For me, being at Avondale, we have three white elders and two black, and you would never know. I mean, they work together. The membership Everybody works together. Everybody loves each other. Everybody gets along. Um, it's, it's like God knew what he was doing. Absolutely. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Uh, for me, a verse that comes to mind is, is Ephesians 2. Uh, of course, Paul goes and for verse 1 to verse number 10, just talking about a bunch of things. And then when Paul gets to that section there, talking about how the middle wall of partition between right. Jew and Gentile has been torn down, I mean, God has done everything to make us one, and some people are determined to make us two yep. and they're wrong yeah um i can remember when i was a preaching student i went to preach for a congregation won't, won't, won't tell you where and uh when i got in there they looked at me funny 
Um, they said they were waiting on the preacher student. I said that was me, and they had no idea I was black. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad went with me and my younger brother, and uh, man, it was just terrible. And uh, when we left, we got in the car, and uh, man, it was it was a long, quiet ride back home. And uh, and I can remember just thinking to myself, that's why we need to preach the gospel yeah. for places like that. Yep. Um, just you know, real sad experience, but you know, kind of circling it back to what we've all said here. One of the questions earlier on, and I really think for me, this is where I kind of want to end. It says, how deep is the sin of racism? And so we know for a fact the Bible teaches us that treating someone differently because of how they look, because of where they come from, is sinful. So we have that part established. And, uh, and I just think we can do everything we can to continue to build each other up and just kind of make us one. So, you know, those are just some thoughts I had. Absolutely. I, I, we're in the middle of an election cycle when this is going out. And you can be sure that the main tenet of everything that's going to be pushed and promoted is racism and abortion and homosexuality. That's always the three. You know, it's, it's the unholy trinity of politics. But what we can do is what I heard years ago, uh, Eric Owens talking about how when he was growing up, they would have the last biscuit or the last pancake or whatever, and one of them would say, you be Jesus to the other, like, Mm. you let me have the last (laughs) one. But what we can do is we can be Jesus in the sense of we see souls. And if the church would start doing this like we're intended to, if we're not, if the church would start doing this again like God intended— It'll work. Cantrell's right. Somerville thrives more than they ever did because of that merge. And Avondale's thriving because of that merge. That's how God wants it. And so I thank you guys for being on the podcast today. Next week, uh, well, next next week. Next month, month, we'll be talking about another podcast episode about assaults on the church. This has been the, uh, the theme for the year that we've selected. We're recording these live at Polishing the Pulpit. Of course, if you come to PTP this year, you can look for our booth. We'd be happy to say hello to you. Until then, catch all of our shows on all podcast platforms, and God bless.